Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this drone out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. Welcome to the name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can also go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Type in the keyword search The Big Brother Jake Podcast and boom, you're in there. Man, another show in the same week? What the hell? I went from not being able to do one show because I writer's block and whatnot and now we got two shows in the same week. So before I get started, I have to thank the homie P-Dub, a.k.a. Paul Wilson, for coming on the last episode, and we had a lot of fun last weekend, Um, you know, bonding, you know, trying to do things as friends and and, and bond, and the gun range was a great relief, it was fun, Um, educated myself, got reacquainted with the art of firing a firearm, so had a really good time, and it was really good to have P on to talk about it, so... I always appreciate him coming on, and Canada, Barstow, and a few select others in the L.A. area love him, so I'm not going to gas his head up, and that's enough kudos to him. <laughs> so, But yeah, um, so do you feel more restricted now? This particular episode I'm dedicating to the coronavirus, to COVID-19. Jake, I think you were going to talk about that. Why are you going to bring it up? It just upsets me. Shut up and listen, all right? I'm going to tell you why. Straight up. I'm here in Los Angeles, California, or the suburbs, way out in the suburbs. (laughs) And um, my state, my beautiful home state, is pretty close to hitting the reset button altogether. We we, we, We had the freedom of going to restaurants, sitting inside, and enjoying them. And I was enjoying that for the time being. It was nice to be able to go out. And sit inside a restaurant and be served. Now they're getting around it by going outside and whatnot. But there's been a spike in cases of, you know, positive cases. And whether you're pro-mask or anti-mask or whatever, you know, that's you. Um, But the numbers show, whether they're fact or not, you can debate that on your own, that the cases are going up. Not the deaths, but the cases. And... A lot of people are starting to get really antsy right about now and get really upset because their freedom is getting toyed with. And I got the alert or the email from my children's school district, and they will be starting their school via remote learning, a.k.a. from a computer, uh, instead of actually going to class. Now, my middle child is starting junior high or middle school, so she's crushed. She wants to be able to experience what it's like to be able to go into sixth grade and and have a good time and whatnot, and she's not able to do that. She has to do it from a computer, so it's not the same. So she's a little upset about that. My oldest is going to be a sophomore in high school. She could care less. She's actually happy she gets to do it from home in her PJs. And my little one, now I caught a little hell for this. My little one, 
goes to a preschool that is private that I pay for. And it does help me because I do have a nine to five outside of, you know, this podcast and I need to work. I need to edit podcasts for podcast one, which I've told you I've worked there for almost a year now. And it's kind of hard when I have my children to have a little one running around and I don't want to depend on my older ones taking care of my child because that's not what a parent does. So I made an agreement with the soon to be ex that we will jointly pay for a preschool uh, for her to go to once she's been going to. And I posted a video of her running to me after school. And so many people had so many things to say about it. Some people were like, oh, that's great. She's back at school, you know, with kids her age. So she doesn't have to worry about, you know, upsetting her siblings. Others were like, oh, my God, you actually let her go back to school with all this going on. Hey, look, to each his own, you know, opinions are like assholes and everybody has one. (laughs) So I don't really care what you think or say. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But with all that being said, there's a lot of choices and a lot of things going on that uh, we, you know, people are debating. In Orange County here in California, they're, they're allowing children to go back to school. No masks, just social distancing and sanitizer. No masks. Teachers are, you know, you got your own thing. So, like, there's a lot going on. And as this continues, a lot of people are getting really antsy out here. A lot of people are getting frustrated. A lot of people feel that their freedom is being infringed on. And we are a powder keg right now here in California and other states that are going through the same things like, you know, the ones with bigger populations like New York and, and, and Philly and, and, and those types of places. Um, I'm telling you right now, if it gets any worse, the people are going to revolt. And that's kind of a crazy thing to, to realize. Because people had some freedom, able to go to, you know, casinos and go to restaurants and go back to the gym, which I've enjoyed. I actually love going back to the gym. Yeah, I had to wear a mask. Wasn't happy about it. But, you know, if I'm going to work out, it's a private business. That's what they're asking of me. I'm going to respect their rules. Okay. But it was fun to get back there, use the elliptical, you know, and, and, and get my weight loss on. You know, I, of course, I ride my bike like uh, that's well documented. I love riding my bike, but um, that's that's what we're doing. And now it's gone. You know, a- a- any kind of fitness type building, you know, some people get a- around it by having bigger like windows or, you know, garage doors or, you know, whatever. But my whole point of that is. I'm a little worried and it's not it's not. The actual virus that scares me. It's people's psyche. It's people's mental state. It's the fact that people are tired of having to, oh, damn, I can't go in because I forgot my mask. You know, so they have to carry it in the car, carry one in your pocket, carry an extra one in your purse. You know, all of a sudden you get like seven masks and then you forget where they are and you lose them all. I paid for like five Dodger ones. I can't find any of them because they either fall in my pocket or, you know, whatever. So it's not the actual virus that scares me. It's the fact that people are scared to go outside again. People are scared to have their loved ones come over. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's how you feel, I will never disrespect that. Because I got people in my own family that that have that belief that, hey, look, I'm too scared to have people come over because I don't want to get it because, you know, I'm older. Okay, fine. 
I will never judge anyone off that. And I'll never judge people that say, hey, man, bring your whole damn family over. We'll just have a cookout and hang out. I ain't got a problem with that either. I'm really down the middle. You know, I respect people's rules. If It's like, hey, if you hang out with me, can you wear a mask? Absolutely. No problem. Hey, man, I don't care if you wear that thing. All right, cool. I may not. I may wear it. It doesn't matter. To me, I, I'll do whatever. You know, I take precautions and I social distance and I don't really go out as much as I used to. I was going out a lot when they opened everything up. Casinos, hanging out with the homies. And now that's null and void. And, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. So I, I, I get a little bit worried and I get a little bit upset that, you know, frustrated more than upset that when the hell is this going to end? And I'm really hoping it doesn't end around the time of November, a.k.a. Election Day, you know, that then I'm going to call bullshit on a lot of things, you know, but I, I have pe- I, I have close friends that have gotten this virus. So it's it's real. I don't say, oh, it's not real. It's real. I've seen it. I've seen one, one of my boys, real good friend of mine. You know, he showed a video and put it on Instagram showing what it was like. And he would FaceTime me and he was in bad shape. Now he's doing very well. It's real. I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to get into numbers and all that stuff. I leave that to the experts and I leave that to the people that do their homework more than I do. But I'll touch on this on the third segment. On the third segment. One of the things that's happening along with people's mental and their psyche, you know, being messed with by being quarantined is broken heart syndrome. And it's gone up. There are numbers that that show that that's happening, you know, loneliness because people don't want to, you know, get together anymore because they're scared, you know, all these rising cases and record break, especially in California, Florida. And that isolation and that that feeling of being lonely and it's starting to hit people again and people are starting to get depressed and starting to get angry, you know, and that's what worries me more than the actual virus. And I really hope as a people, as, as a group, as a country, we can do what we need to do to get this over with and get back to our lives. And yeah, we're not all in this together. So any celebrity that says that, I'm going to slap them in the face because we're not all in this together. I can't self-isolate in a mansion with 10 bedrooms, a dope-ass swimming pool, a game room, a media room where they have movies and a gymnasium and a bowling alley. You cannot relate to me and I damn sure cannot relate to you. So stop with all that. Miss me with all that. But in the third segment, we're going to touch on broken heart syndrome. It's real. And I can tell you myself, it's a real thing from experience. But we'll talk about, in the, talk about that in the third segment. I can't even get over it. You know why? Because next segment, my man, Stephen A. Smith, from ESPN's first take and, and all the great NBA coverage he's done over the years. He's coming up back on the show for the second time. And damn, I was shocked as anybody. I've been begging him to come back on the show because he was back on, you know, when, when the ep- uh, I think it was episode 12 uh, of the Big Brother Jake podcast. I called him up. I said, man, do you even care about your boy anymore? He's like, what you talking about, man? I said, like, man, I've been asking you, can you please come back on the podcast? And he's like, 15 minutes, be ready to record. And little did he know I was already in my studio set up. <laughs> I'm always ready to record. So we're going to sit down and talk with Mr. Smith, 
Stephen A. Smith in the next segment. And let me tell you, he had a lot to say. And it's not just about sports. We did talk sports, obviously, because that's his bread and butter. And that's been my bread and butter for at least 18 of my 21 years in radio. You'll be surprised what he has to say about, because I said this is about coronavirus, and he touches on that pretty heavy in the beginning of the interview. So I, I look forward to everyone hearing that. And it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in, during the interview, so, so uh, stay tuned for that. But I also want to let y'all know that this portion of the Big Brother Jake podcast is brought to you by FabulistaCookies.com. If you go to the website, FabulistaCookies.com, Jesse Dallas Child has so many flavors, so many different cookies and brownies. And let me tell you, the brownies are amazing. Cookies and brownies are amazing. You got to go check it out. FabulistaCookies.com. Hit up my girl, Jesse Dallas Childs, and let her know that the Big Brother J podcast sent you. So enjoy those sweets. And all you small business owners, I've been putting this all over my Instagram. I am willing to cut a professional radio commercial and air it on my podcast for absolutely free. Won't cost you a dime. Just get in touch with me, the Big Brother Jake podcast at gmail.com or hit me in my DMs at Big Brother Jake or at the Big Brother Jake podcast on Instagram or Twitter at the BBJ podcast or at Big Brother Jake. Both of them. Either one of them, I always check my DMs, okay? Don't, <laughs> I know people, oh, you do, huh? Nobody's sliding into them DMs, so don't worry. I am just focused on family, work, and this podcast. <laughs> so anyways, I'll just say this before I get myself in any other trouble. Not that I have any trouble to get into, but my mouth gets me in trouble. So as a collective, as a whole, we just got to ride this out. Check on your loved ones. Check on the people you love. Check on the people you care about. And just do the necessary things we need to do to get through this because it's hard for everybody. It's definitely hard for everybody. And we're all going through it. We're not all in this together because some people are just living in a fantasy. But we're all going through our own things through this pandemic together. So it's not together, but not equal together, but not the same, if that makes sense. So I know it's just frustrating and we just got to be there for one another, but I'm not going to keep rambling on. I don't want to make you wait. So next segment, my man, ESPN's first take NBA analyst and all around dope ass human being Stephen A. Smith coming up right now. You're listening to the big brother, Jake podcast. Back on the Big Brother Jake podcast, this man that I'm about to have on needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He's the host of ESPN's First Take. He's a friend of the show. He's my boy. Welcome back to one and only Stephen A. Smith in the building. What's good, Stephen A.? What's going on, Jake, man? How you doing, bro? How's everything? Man, everything's lovely, man. It's really good to hear you again, man. Does that, does any of these people know you used to be my producer when I was working at Fox Sports? I dropped your name every... <laughs> You know, they know that. They know that you used to play that wolf howling every time I tried to sing. <laughs> man, I drop your name every chance I can, brother. You know that. Not a problem, man. It's good to talk to you, bro. What's going on? Man, not a whole lot, man. I mean, you know, with all this Rona stuff that's going on, um, how's it affecting you personally, man? Well, it's hard because, um, I mean, I have not traveled. I have not traveled. Uh, in the last four months or so. I haven't traveled since the um, Deontay Wilder 
Tyson Fury fight. Oh wow! And so that's the that's the longest I've ever been uh, without traveling in my career, which spans twenty five years. Right. So it's it's a definite adjustment in that regard. Plus, you're not um, at experiencing live events. Um, and, and it's not a lot like there hasn't been any live events going on. Oh, so that's been devastating. And then to combine that with the fact that I still had to go on the air because I mean, with the exception of me taking off some time for my knee surgery, bro, right. I haven't had a day off since the pandemic began. Damn. You've been you everywhere know, too. Yeah. We, we've been, we've been asked to go on the air and, and, and create content and, and really keep folks interested. So, you know, I got to give props to my man, Max Kellerman. I got to give props to Molly Karam right. and the whole first take staff. And, you know, uh, obviously it's, you know, I'm the catalyst. I'm the guy that's the veteran on the show. Right. So a lot is placed on my shoulders. It's a challenge, but we've been doing our thing. Yeah. And, and it's been going real well, man. You wouldn't, you would never know that there wasn't sports going on because you guys do it so well. And, and speak, well, thank you. Of course, man. Of course. And speaking of sports, you know, we got the NBA Finally revving up. Everybody's headed down to the bubble in Orlando. And there's already been things that have been going on. You know, players getting in trouble for getting food and whatnot. No nightlife going on. No creature comforts. No fancy eats. Do you think that this will be a problem later on? You know, there's people snitching on these people that are going and getting food. I mean. Well, well, for, well first of all, the answer is you're damn right there's going to be a problem. <laughs> okay. um, and, and, and you're damn right there should be a problem. Right. The reality is, is that I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not one about snitching. I don't I don't live that kind of life. I'm right. from the streets of New York City. Right. Uh, you know, that's not my code. That's not my code. Right. But if, there was an, but if there was ever a moment to violate that code, it's now. <laughs> it's one thing when you're doing harm to yourself. It's another thing when you're so irresponsible and so insensitive right. that you go out there with no regard for the elderly, no regard for your parents or uh, your family members or just folks out there in the streets. I mean, it ain't too much to ask for you to put on a mask. Right. It really, really isn't. And so when you look at it from that perspective, I'm not one who believes, and I was always, believe it or not, I was always opposed to some degree to the economy being shut down. Right. My mentality is, is that shut us down for a month, take that $2.8 trillion that you initially gave out, and instead of giving $1,200 checks to folks, throw all of it into the medical industry. If you recall at that particular moment in time, again, we've had viruses and there's been no cure. You had right. AIDS, you got mm -hmm. cancer, you got SARS, you got a whole bunch of viruses that have been out there throughout our nation's history. And I'm not trying to minimize this by any stretch. All I'm trying to say is that if you recall, the real, the real problem was that the medical profession wasn't able to handle it. Right. Personal protection equipment, uh, medical facilities, medical professionals, they just were not enough. Right. And so because of that, that was the problem. Well, if you poured all the money in that to make sure that people could be treated in some capacity, maybe, just maybe, I don't know, but maybe it would not have been necessary to shut down the economy for as long as they originally did it. Those are the kind of things that we have to think about. Those are the kind of things that we have to pay attention to. And I think that's the situation that we find ourselves in now. We have got to get a way to treat this. And we have got to pour all our resources into the medical profession. So if people do get sick, they can be treated as opposed to not having enough beds, not having enough space, not having any way to treat them. Absolutely. And and, and when you put it like that and, and you minimize this bubble they have in Orlando, you know, 
so much things can happen. So there's such a big potential for a lot of people to get sick. I mean, you know, Adam Silver's doing a great job to, you know, maintain things and, and try to contain it as best as they can, but it won't escape. And well, that's listen, what I'm worried here's about. A, here's the deal. Here's the deal. First of all, people definitely need to be donned out if they're being irresponsible right. because you're talking about the first couple of weeks. Listen, 22 teams are there. And then when teams lose, then ultimately, as a result, they go home. Mm -hmm. So then the lesser people there, the more latitude is. So really, you're talking about a definitive month-long sacrifice before things lighten up. Right. And when you could, in any reservations that you have, that should go right out the window the second that you see the numbers spiking mm -hmm. throughout the state of Florida. Arizona, Texas, California, where you're at, obviously those places have been spiking too. Right. But obviously in Florida as well, where you're having thousands upon thousands of cases a day, new cases a day. If you see those numbers and you hear about it being a respiratory issue, a lung issue, residual impacts on your cardiovascular system, whatever, this is serious business that has killed thousands upon thousands of people, over 200,000 people right. in the United States of America. If that's the reality, that's the reality. And you're going to have to do what it takes. And I don't give a damn. I don't care if the players are blowing the whistle on anybody that tries to sneak out. Because I say the Rona, the shortening, instead of Corona, so I do say I. the Rona. <laughs> it's the Rona. Right. All right. And, and, and listen, you, 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 you know, you spreading the Rona. Right. I mean, potentially, if you're not acting up, I don't want to be near you. And I don't blame anybody else for feeling that way. Absolutely. I feel the same way. So going along that route, with this shortened rest of the season, that, you know, players kind of hit the reset button. You know, teams are healthy, you know, and whatnot. Who do you think has the best chance of winning the NBA title this year? I think the Clippers have the deepest team. Okay. And the most talent from top to bottom. But this is basketball. Right. And I'm of the belief that when you have two of the top five players on the planet, that should be able to overcome a lot of things. And I think that belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis is going to be key because I'd, I'd advise everybody, don't pay attention to just his numbers. Anthony Davis could have 30, mm -hmm. and it might be meaningless depending on how he plays. What I mean by that is that if the Clippers or anybody else decide to get physical with him and test him physically because they believe that he's too finesse of a player that he can't necessarily handle, you know, how tough and physical is going to get, which is the kind of things that were being said about him in the offseason coming right. into the season, mm -hmm. then you got yourself a problem because he can't have that happen. He can't just put up big numbers. He's got to play big. He's got to defend. He's got to block shots. He's got to patrol the paint. And more importantly, he's got to get other guys in foul trouble to sort of make things easier for the other players around him as opposed to allowing guys to stay healthy and, and fresh and foul-free mm -hmm. coming into the fourth quarter because whereas he and LeBron can do what they need to do, everybody else can't say the same. So those are the kind of things that you got to pay attention to, keep be mindful of, keep your eyes on in regards to all of that. And I think it's going to be imperative that he does just that. That he does just that, and the Lakers, I think, as a result, will end up being the favorites. But don't sleep on the Clippers. They can't be ignored. Don't sleep on Milwaukee either. And we certainly can't speak on sleep on Houston because Absolutely. James Harden James Harden is the, is the greatest scorer in the game. Russell Westbrook is averaging 27-8-7 on 47% shooting from the field, even though he can't hit threes. Right. Once, he, once, once the Rona, once he gets rid of the Rona <laughs> and he shows up um, in Orlando – 
What you gonna do about that? It remains to be seen. Do you, do you say Russell Westbrook is the MVP of the of the year? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, to me, the MVP is LeBron James. Oh, um, okay. it's between it's, it's between the LeBron James and the Greek Freak. Russell Westbrook came on strong over the last several weeks, right. particularly once they traded Clint Capella and Dan Tony really transitioned the small ball. But when you talk about all year long what they've done, LeBron James in the 17th season at age 35 leading the league in assists while still averaging 25 a game. When you look at the Greek Freak fresh off of being the league MVP and averaging 29 and 13 and playing lights out the way that he is with Milwaukee still a number one seed they definitely have to be your top two candidates for league MVP honors absolutely I agree with you on that one we're gonna transition a little bit from Orlando and get into <laughs> your favorite football team the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> why for what <laughs> because the news that came out today is that Dak Prescott could not sign could not land a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowboys and even his brother Tad came out and blasted the Dallas Cowboys for not getting the deal done, blasted Jerry Jones on Twitter. What are your thoughts? Why do you think he didn't get the long-term deal? I don't know about any of the blasting on Twitter. I didn't see that. But oh, it's a fact. You, it's on there. What I, what I will tell you, I believe you, what I will tell you is that they have every, every right to be upset. I've been a proponent of Dak Prescott getting his money and his contract for a long time. Right. Now, the argument at this particular moment in time is over whether or not it should be five years or four years. He wants four years. Dallas wants him locked in for five years. Mm -hmm. My issue is this. Here's where the Dallas Cowboys completely, completely wet the bed on all of this as far as I'm concerned. Dak Prescott has been class personified. He's been a model citizen. He's right. been a leader. Mm -hmm. He's been somebody that has carried the torch for Jerry Jones when others may not have wanted to because of his unpopular positions about right. Colin Kaepernick mm -hmm. and all of that. In the meantime, Dak Prescott has never missed the start. He has started all 48 games of his career. It was back page news when he missed a practice and it was only one practice in his four year career. Right. He's do he's been durable. He's been capable. He's fresh off a throne for 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 65% of his passes completed. And you consider everything that it takes to be a Dallas Cowboy and to bring some, dis uh, to bring some stability and to eradicate some dysfunctionality. What he does and what he has meant to that franchise speaks volumes. And for Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones to not be able to reach a deal with this guy, to treat him this way, I have asked this question on several occasions, albeit rhetorically, and I'll ask it again. If this were Tony Romo oh, with yeah. the same numbers <laughs> and the same situation, would he have a contract with Jerry Jones? The answer would be yes. Hell yeah, he and would. That, and, and that says a lot to me about Jerry Jones, who I genuinely like, to be honest with you. Right, yes. Uh, but I'm I'm very disappointed that he couldn't sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. I think it's a slap in the face. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast with my special guest, Stephen A. Smith, from ESPN's First Take. Last question, Stephen A. All right, look. I got kids, and my two daughters, Kendra and Savannah, they don't believe <laughs> that I know you. They don't believe we're friends, and they really don't believe that um, I showed, you know, hey, look, I have his number. They don't believe it. I need you <laughs> to let my kids know that you and I are friends. <laughs> they want a well, shout-out on, on my they, podcast. And what's their name again? Kendra Savannah? and Savannah. K 
Kendra well, and Savannah. Well, well, what I would say to this, Kendra and Savannah, let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, your daddy's a big boy. You know, I've been getting on him about his weight a little while. I've lost thirty five pounds for a, though <laughs> for a few for a few years. For a few years now, he's lost some pounds. He's looking good. You know, he's working hard. He's doing this podcast things, having a good time doing his thing. But he's smart. Uh, he's a hell of a radio producer. Thanks. I miss him a lot. I call him Jake the Snake. That's what I call. Yes, him. sir. You know, I call him Jake the Snake. I always have, and I always will. Uh, but your daddy's good. He's good people, Kendra and Savannah. So you make sure you give your daddy love because. Fathers need love. I certainly get it from my daughters. Right. He should get it from his. My man, I appreciate that. You can check him out on ESPN First Take. Once again, the great Stephen A. Smith. Thank you for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast, man. All right, buddy. Take it easy, old man. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake podcast. Bye, everybody. Yo, that was pretty ill. Stephen A. Smith, ESPN's first take. Man, we had a lot of fun times working the Fox Sports Radio. That was so dope that he decided to come on. That was really last minute. That's the only reason why I did this podcast. I mean, I was kind of working on this for next week, but, you know, when you have somebody like that that's willing to come on, you take that call, you do the interview, and you make sure you put it up there when it's hot. So thanks again, Stephen A., for coming on. That's my boy for life. Um, I owe him dinner when he comes back to L.A. because he always pays, and I'm tired of him doing that. So, anyways. So, when I was talking in the first segment about how things are starting to go backwards a little bit with this whole COVID-19 coronavirus, the Rona, as Stephen A. and I call it, has affected everyone. It's also affected people in the sense of relationships and love. What are you talking about, Jake? Well, yeah, some people are like, man, well, you know, you're stuck with the same person. You get tired of their ass. So, yeah, that, that has a lot to do with it. But you can also get killed, or not killed, but die of a broken heart. It's documented. It's, it's happened. And the real, there's a syndrome called broken heart syndrome. And it results from the stress one feels when someone close to them dies is technically called stress cardiomyopathy. And um, cases have increased during the coronavirus pandemic. That's a study that was taken by the Cleveland Clinic. Um, the researchers suggest that these numbers have gone up. And the more you think about it, it makes sense. And <laughs> look, when you're either isolated from a loved one a loved one has gone ghost on you when absent or things just don't work you have a lot of time to think especially when you can't go to a bar or you can't hang out with friends because of what's going on and some some of your friends may not want to do anything so you gotta you gotta do a lot of thinking on your own and it's a real thing you know this 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 pandemic is Taught me a lot. I've learned a lot from people. A lot of great things have happened to me during this pandemic as well. Career-wise, you know, I've gotten a lot more responsibility. Responsibility comes with more loot, you know. So it's been great. 
And I've gotten a lot of career opportunities I would have never gotten had this pandemic happened. But I'm also going through the middle, I'm in the middle of a divorce right now as well. And a lot of divorce and joint custody of children lead to a lot of loneliness. And loneliness can lead to what's called broken heart syndrome. You know, it started about 25 years ago back in Japan. And the numbers have just grown steadily over the years. But during the pandemic, broken heart syndrome has gone up 7.8% compared to regular broken heart syndrome without a pandemic. It's, it, it, it's just really hard out there. And people don't know how to cope. You know, because losing a loved one is, you know, and, and thinking about them each and every day is compared to a withdrawal from heroin. They say that it's the same effect that, you know, you crave that person. You want to hear that person's voice. You want to feel that person next to you. And when you can't have them and you go through withdrawals, it's really hard on your psyche mentally. And it's also really hard on you physically to the point where you're just hurting for them. And, man, just thinking about that is heartbreaking. No pun intended whatsoever. But to know that, and I was hospitalized because, I'll tell a quick story. Story time with Big Brother Jake, but not fun story time. And I'll bring those back, too, in the next coming uh, episodes. But I was stressed out in my marriage. And right before I called it quits, I was working, it was about... I want to say a year and a half ago, a little, a little longer than that, probably about 18 to 20 months ago. I was at work and my chest was killing me. Like I was, it wasn't a heart attack because my left arm wasn't hurting, but I was in a lot of pain and I was dizzy. And I'm like, oh, it's a panic attack. It's a panic attack. It's a panic attack. No, it was not a panic attack. I was actually taken to the hospital, went to the ER. And they put me on a stretcher, put me in the emergency room, did an emergency EKG, and they did all these tests on me, and the result was broken heart syndrome. That's what I went through, and that's what happened. And it it's a real thing. And, it, oh, my God. I don't wish that on anybody. And I really hope that those that are hurting that bad in their relationships find a way to get that out that you know, find that outlet so you're not sitting there like, man, this is really just not the business. This is hard to go through. And it's sad. I'm not gonna sit up here and say, you know, I don't go through it. I do. Because, you know, I'm going through a divorce. But there's a lot of people that, you know, they they're stuck with each other each and every day, all sing all damn day, and they're like, Man, I can't take this no more. You know, so, you know, you, you have a lot of hardships and heartaches and people go through this. But here's eight things, eight things that helped get me through my darkest time through a divorce and through a pandemic while going through a divorce. One, number one is everything can and will change. Nothing, you know, nothing stays the same. Everything does change. Even if it's for the worse, it's still a change. If it's for the better, it's still a change. Remember that. Number two, you've overcome challenges before. 
you know, whether it's accomplishing graduating high school or college or, you know, you you had a fear of heights and you got over it by doing skydiving or something. Or, you know, you were broke and you realized, hey, I can learn to make money and overcome poverty. You can overcome challenges. You've done it before. The third thing when going through tough times, it's it's a learning experience. You can always learn from everything you go through in life. If you stay as a forever student in your mind, you will be surprised the things you can go through. Honestly, you can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from somebody that did you dirty, which that's happened to me, especially with two business ventures. And I won't put them out there like that, but yes, you can learn from it. Learn from it, overcome it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. You know, learn from the mistake, but don't don't be afraid of the mistake, but be afraid to make the mistake twice. That's what I say. The fourth thing is in order to get through tough times, not getting what you want can actually be a blessing. Because sometimes we want something so damn bad, like, oh, I want that bad, like I want it. But if you got it, would it really be good for you? Would it really be something you really want? Who's to say? Sometimes, you know, whether you believe in God or a higher power, sometimes not getting what you want can be a blessing. Because sometimes you'll save yourself from heartache, heartbreak, strife, trials and tribulations, debt. You never know. So sometimes not getting what you want can be a blessing. The fifth thing when going through hard times to remember is you have to allow yourself to have some fun. It doesn't have to always be business. I get it. Sometimes it's like, oh, I need money or to have fun or I need to be around my friends. You got to create the fun yourself. If you happen to have good friends or a loved one or a significant other that, that brings joy into your life, have some fun. Yes, some people are, you know, wet mop. Some people are just like, you know, boring, Eeyore, whatever the hell. And, and I've experienced that <laughs> personally. I'll, I'll stop. I don't want to be a punk. But you got to have some fun. You got to allow yourself, okay, yeah, we're in a pandemic, but damn it, I'm going to go out and go for a drive. Or I'm going to see, you know, which friends are cool with, you know, having company. And I'm going to go have a good time. You got allow yourself to have fun. Because times are hard, man, and if you're just sitting there sad all the time, you're going to be miserable. Number six, when going through tough times, be kind to yourself, or being kind to yourself is the best medicine. Don't cut yourself short. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't always, oh, man, I messed up, or I did this wrong. You got to say, you know what? You did mess up, but it's going to be okay. We got to bounce back from it and move on. Being kind to yourself is the best medicine through tough times. Remember that. Number seven, other people's negativity isn't worth worrying about. So, you know, everybody has that one friend where nothing is good enough. Everything is wrong. Everything is everybody else's fault, not theirs. They're always got something bad to say about someone else. You can't make that your problem. And I've made the mistake of, you know, because, oh, man, 25-8, I'm there for you, I'm there for you, I'm there for you. And then you're there for somebody, but their negativity is so bad that it just projects onto you, and then you start feeling all kinds of bad because that person's negative. 
You don't need that in your life when going through tough times. Other people's negativity is not worth worrying about. Let them deal with it. If you try to be there for them and they still can't come through and they still got stuff to say and they're not happy about things, then guess what? You're better off not hanging with that person. Let them deal with stuff on their own. Don't get involved with that and don't make it your problem, honestly. And the last thing of the eight things to remember when going through tough times, there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. You may think, oh, well, you know, my job this or my finance is that, or my man left me, my girl hates me, whatever. You woke up this morning. You opened two eyes so you have vision. You stood up on two feet so you're able to stand. You can feel your heartbeat on your chest. Just touch your chest. That's life going through you. That alone is something to be grateful for because there's a lot of people that wish they had one more day, one more minute, one more hour to be alive and spend that with a loved one. There's always something to be grateful for. Oh, man, I'm stuck in a house. Dude, you're in a house. I've been homeless. I know what it's like, okay? You have a house. Oh, man, you know, I got a, uh, this car, I don't like it. You know, it's not really what I want. You have transportation. You're blessed. Oh, man, all there is to eat is, you know, I wish I could eat out. Instead, I got to cook something. You got food in your house. There's always something to be grateful for. You know, be grateful. Be grateful for your friendships. Be grateful for your job. Be grateful for the money you have in your bank. Be grateful you have clothes to cover your body in. Be grateful you have a pair of shoes that's not holy, that you can walk around in. There's always something to be grateful for. Those are the eight things that uh, I use myself when going through hard times. I always look back at this list and say, man, what from this list can I learn from? I'm forever a student, and the day I stop learning is the day I die. So there's always something you can, you know, fall back on with eight things to remember when going through tough times. So I really hope those eight things were helpful to you. I will post them up if somebody wants them. I'll I'll, I'll repost them. But uh, I will say this. We are going through it again. It's almost a reset button. And people are really, really fed up. Really fed up. Take the time to educate yourself. Take the time to slow it down and think about your health and the health of others. Whether you're pro or against, you know, pro-mask, not, you know, anti-mask, whatever. Regardless of if people think it's fake or not, you know, things are happening. And I've seen it in person. So... Let's just find a way to get through this and get back to how things were. You know, yeah, it's a new normal. You know, it won't be the same. Okay, fine. It won't be the same. Everything's going to be affected. But patience is a virtue, and a lot of people don't have it. And we need to learn to, to, to be patient with one another. Stop being judgmental and stop trying to police people. If you see somebody that's not wearing a mask in a grocery store, don't approach them. I saw a story in Florida. Guy's like, oh, you mad at me because I don't have a mask? Well, how about I blast you with this pistol that I have, and I'll show you how, you know, that mask won't protect your life. It's gotten that bad. So let's just dial it down. You know, I get it. You want to be protected. You don't want to feel, you know, like your life's in danger. But don't put yourself in danger trying to police everybody. You know, that's how that stigma of, The Karens, you know, 
not minding their business, worrying about other people's business, and they don't know what the hell's going on. Don't, don't be a Karen or a Kyle or whatever they call the male version. You know, go about your business. Handle your business and get the hell out of harm's way. All right? So let's go ahead and land this plane right now. I want to thank the great Stephen A. Smith for coming on the program once again, his second appearance. Probably his last. <laughs> you know, you can only burn up so many favors that you stacked up while working in this business. But it was an absolute pleasure to have him on. And it's an absolute pleasure to do this podcast for y'all because this is a podcast for the people, like it says in my promo that I run on uh, my social media. So, again, thank you for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. Thank you for every every listener, every every download, every stream of this show. I'm so proud of it. Let's get this show to the highest, most downloaded, most listened to show I've ever done. And I want to break the record, okay? Let's do that. Let's do that, all right? So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you're able to spend time with loved ones. I hope you get, even if it's takeout and you can't sit down, I, I hope you eat the best food. If, you, if you're exercising, get your good workout in. You know, I'm going to ride my bike all weekend long and have a good time. And plan out some things that I want to do in the next few weeks. So I'm done. I'm spent. So until next time, I say to y'all. <clears throat> You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.